To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Episode Opinionated Bench Women's Podcast, episode 104. Opinionated Bench Women's are back for another episode. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob. We got Los and Ramon in the place right now, and we're here to do what we do best. What's up with y'all guys? How y'all feeling? Man, what a good wild card weekend, huh? I mean, you know, the Rams won, you know, the team feeling good, you know, get a little, play some bucks this week, upcoming week. I'm excited, man, you know, I can't. I know I feel sorry for y'all teams couldn't enjoy this, but you know, I'm excited. See, I don't even know if I even really want to follow that up because I, I just felt just just kind of how he was coming at us sideways right there with that. I was about to say I was having a good day and everything, but he just tried to rehash some stuff. But you know what? I'm gonna let it be what it is. It is what it is. We're gonna go ahead and get into this pod and just run it right quick. So I ain't gonna hold it up no longer. Well, you know, last episode I got on him because how he, how his team purposely lost to uh, disallow my Saints to join the party because no one wanted to see my Saints in the playoffs. But it's all good, man. Ramon, it's your turn. You, you can get on him this time. But, yeah, it, it was a wild, wild weekend. We got through wild card weekend. I think we learned a lot about some quarterbacks. We'll get into that in a second that I want to get into. We got – well, um, we, we really learned a lot about some head coaches, I feel like, in the wild card space as well. But we'll start off just in general. I think the, the most – we'll start off with the Cowboys. I mean, I think we would be doing ourselves and our listeners a disservice if we didn't start there. Uh, Cowboys, after having an amazing season, they went 12-5. and five. Um, I think that they could have won – maybe went 12-2. and two. I mean, well, 12 well, – I think – I feel like they could have went 14 and two. I feel like it was a couple of games during the season where well, it had they to gave be one away. more game in the man. 17 game season instead uh, of 16. Well, 14 and 14 and three. My bad. <laughs> there you Thank go. you for that. 14 and three. I feel like they could have won. Like it was two games that they could have really got, you know, really won, but they gave away at least at minimum. But they're a, an extremely talented team. And I think that it was very surprising to see them go out that way. I, I, I don't think that if anybody, you know, would have looked at how they, um, what their record was at the end of maybe uh, November would have thought that they wouldn't have gotten past the first round, but apparently it just was a, a game where you felt like um, that they were just spiraling. Like you just saw a franchise and a team that weren't together. Uh, you saw tons of penalties on their end. Uh, you saw a very undisciplined football team. And, you know, it just was surprising to see them go out that way. 
against the 49ers. Now, you know, to Carlos' belief, he feel like 49ers are a real contender. And I think they're a good team. But, you know, I think that the Cowboys, even at the end, with all those mistakes, they still had a shot. And it just was – I just feel like it's worth spending time on, if any game in the wild court, just spending time in their space and just kind of trying to dissect what's up with the Cowboys and why they never seem to get over the hump, even with all the talent in the world. Yeah, I mean, they 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 got to be a, they America's team, but I think they're America's most disappointing team. You know, it's just every year they haven't – you look back at it, they haven't won a championship since the 90s. You know, they have this fan base, and, you know, and, like, I have to agree with, you know, Bosa for the 49ers. He said 49ers is America's team, and it's looking like that, how their fans travel and how, they, how loud they were in, you know, Jerry's world. But – I, I don't know, man. It's just very disappointing to see so much talent go to waste. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think that just to me, like the one common factor in all of this and over all the course of these years has been Jerry Jones. You know, I think that Jerry Jones, even from a franchise standpoint, you know, he wants his imprint on every single thing. To me, he's a guy that more so hires yes men to come and and be under him, even if, as it relates to head coaching-wise and all of that. And I think that, you know, until Jerry Jones opens his mind more and takes more of a step back, I don't think that we'll see this franchise propel for it. You know, I'm also one, don't get me wrong, I really like Dak Prescott, have appreciated his game since Mississippi State, but I feel that Dak didn't do necessarily what he needed to do this past weekend. You know, I believe that sometimes people get caught up in Dak's numbers. Sometimes they get caught up in looking at the stat sheet. And I thought that for the first time, really this season, early off in the season, I felt that Dak had finally taken that step forward. But to me, as the season went on, he kind of regressed again back into his old ways. And, um, and so I put some of it on Dak as well. But I think that you have to look at a lot of different key factors. And we can't keep ignoring the Jerry Jones factor um, that we've seen year in and year out. Yeah, I think you jumped. I think you hit the nail on the head, man. That's why I was kind of headed to just starting out the him with Mike McCarthy. Uh, and you know, I think he, you know, he does have a Super Bowl. So I feel like when a head coach get a Super Bowl, you want a Super Bowl with a all-time great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not to take anything away from him, but I think when you see a team that jumps off, that jumps off size and that gets multiple false start, back-to-back false start penalties and, you know, getting blocks in the back that shouldn't have been done. I think that when you look at a team like that, even how the game ended, you know, just basically with Dak basically, you know, not even having the wherewithal or the awareness to hand the ball to the umpire so he can spot the ball, knowing that the umpire has to spot the ball for the play to go forward. I mean, it all points to coaching. You can't even blame Dak for that. It just blamed, there was a very, they were a very undisciplined team. Um, but Mike McCarthy, I think that he needs to be, I think it needs to be evaluated in that. Just like you said, he ought to, he hired a yes man, but that that that's holding them back. They need a they need a coach that's gonna be willing to push back. And I think Mike McCarthy's performance was just as the point this was just as disappointing as Dak's performance. You know, Dak threw for 254 yards, uh, but he had a one touchdown and a terrible pick. 
You know, so, I mean, it, it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough watching them, but they have all the talent in the world when you look at their wide receiving core. I don't understand how C.D. Lamb is not targeted more and it's more of a, a part of the offense as well as you got Amari Cooper. You got uh, Zeke, who admittedly was playing with a torn labrum, but I'm like, Tony Pollard has looked like the better running back since, like, week three. So, I mean, I, I don't understand it, and I think they have a lot of issues that they have to internally – figure out because it, apparently you can't put a mask on it they have a, a lot of talent it's, it's 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 not you know from Michael Parsons and and Diggs on the defensive side to you know the wide receiving core like I mentioned but you know you really have to evaluate you know the head coach and the quarterback no I, I agree I think you know that pretty much sums it up you know and I think that you know, as we talked about with, with Jerry Jones, until he takes that step back, until he puts the right guy in leadership from a head coaching uh, standpoint, and until, to me, Dak still takes another step forward, you'll continue to see this cycle uh, year in and year out. So that's my take on it. So you saw a bunch of favorites win in the wild card. Of course, Buffalo just uh, drilled the Patriots. We're not used to seeing the Patriots get drilled like that. I don't think, you know, 47-17. Buffalo, I I, want to say that they, what, they scored on every possession touchdown, and the only one was a nil at the end. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy dominance. Do y'all feel like Buffalo uh, just going forward is uh, is a true contender, or you think the Patriots is that bad? No, I think Buffalo, they wanted to set the tone, you know, when they lost that first game, when the wind was crazy and the, the literally they threw the ball with like three, four times during the game, you know, I think, you know, they beat them again after that game. And I, but I think in the playoffs, they want to let them know that, hey, this is a new era. And you even if you watch the videos, they have a video out of their hype video of Fourier, their safety coming out and saying, hey, we want to prove to these guys this is a new era. You know, this is no longer Bill Belichick and the Patriots running through the AFC. This is a new era now. I think they wanted to set a tone. I just think, I think the Patriots is a good team, but I think the Bills is just that much better. Yeah, I I agree. I think that Buffalo, that they are definitely contenders. Um, To me, you know, if you asked a lot of people before the season started, people would have thought that the upcoming matchup that I know that we're going to talk about later in the podcast would have been your AFC championship. I mean, it was the AFC championship last year. Um, and so I believe that that Buffalo is right there with any team, you know, that's left remaining in the playoffs. They're as good as anyone out there. They have really been, you know, hot down the stretch of the season. And um, like you said, that was just such a dominant performance that they had this past weekend, which, you know, was, was something that we kind of saw with, with several different performances. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I definitely do think that that Buffalo is a true contender. Yeah, I think that we've seen an end of the end of an era with the Patriots, you know, just in Bill Belichick being able to dominate that division. I think you're seeing a, a drastic uh, apparent shift in who's dominating. And, you know, right now it's looking like the Bills. Uh, I think Josh Allen in his performance, I think he's taking a step forward. Um, I, I'm a true, I don't know about you guys, but I really grade quarterbacks and players on their performance in postseason. I think that that's a separation. Like, it's easy to dominate during the season, but what do you do in the playoffs? And I think Josh Allen, with his performance with his legs and with how he was throwing and how accurate he was, he's just showing that, I mean, I think Mac Jones will get will be good in this league, but I feel like Josh Allen is clearly 
uh, taken on another level. But, you know, I truly believe that, you know, Bill Belichick, he couldn't, he couldn't conspire a, a game plan to, to dominate uh, this type of force in the, that's called the Bills. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, we can recap the wild card weekend just as a whole. I don't want to spend too much time there because I know we're far removed when listeners hear this. They're going to be looking forward to the divisional round, which we're going to get to in a second. But, I mean, I just want to kind of open up the floor, kind of just to talk about just what y'all, what was a blaring kind of like, I guess, a, a clarification in what you believed in, like a, a, a player, a superstar who you thought should should have performed better uh, in this, in this uh, wild card weekend? Uh, I would just say, I would think obviously C.D. Lamb, you know, I think he, he has kind of disappeared with targets going up for Amari Cooper. Um, who else? I, I mean, I would say C.D. Lamb, uh, I was kind of disappointed in the Raiders, um, you know, as a whole, as a team, you know, I think they could have played better. Uh, you know, Derek Carr, you know, I think he had some mistakes in this game and he wasn't as sharp and on his game. I just thought that they, it would be a, a better game. You know, and I think the Bengals kind of took, took a hold of that game and handled. Now there's some, obviously there was some issues with whistles and things like that, but I think the Bengals just showed they were just a, a better team. They were a younger team, but they were, they showed that they were better. Yeah. Uh, I think to speak to it, just for me, just in general, I thought that wild card weekend was pretty disappointing. I mean, we saw four to six games were really not even contests. Like four out of six matchups were easily blowouts um, and not really anything that you really looked at that was competitive past probably the first half or so of the matchup. So I thought that just in general, wild card weekend was disappointing. If you have to, you know, point to one particular person to me that really stuck out, uh, I would say Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray was, I don't know a better way to say it, but terrible. Like he, he literally, he literally, you know, put up probably to be the poorest performance of the weekend. You know, I will attribute that to uh, the Rams defense as well. So I'm not just going to knock it and say that Kyler didn't perform well, but I also do believe that, you know, he was very underwhelming. Uh, even Booger McFarlane kind of threw some shade at Carson Wentz uh, when Kyler had the, the interception that he threw out of the end zone as, as he's going down and just lost the ball up and said, what in the Carson Wentz is that? Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think that that ultimately you've seen that over time without D-Hop, Kyler Murray is a completely different quarterback. Without D-Hop, that guy has been completely different. You know, yeah. I think... I'm, I'm sorry, my bad, Rob. But yeah, you getting like Shaq. It's A B C, not A B A. Nah, go ahead, bro. My bad. Uh, no, I was gonna tell Ramon just to keep the compliments coming about the Rams defense and you know how well they played. I really enjoy hearing all the accolades and giving those compliments. That's all I want to say. I gave you all you <laughs> gonna get, bro. All you gonna get. <laughs> Hey, but just a bit, like, that was my guy that really kind of stood out just with Kyler Murray. I mean, 19 for 34, 137 yards passing, uh, two interceptions, no touchdowns. I mean, he looked terrible. But just from the eye test, without looking at stats, he just looked scared. And, you know, I think I, I had a conversation with Lowe's earlier this week just about how, you know, when, you, when the playoffs start, I think that it's kind of underestimated how big of a stage it is. 
And I think it really just speaks to the character of who your leader is and who the superstar is. Like, long as it's the regular season, Kyler was right. But, you know, when he got down to the playoffs and the bigger stage and when the Rams, you know, defense, which, you know, Aaron Donald, he's a, he's a wrecking ball. You know, he just, you know, he's the best player in the NFL. But, you know, it just seems like they had a plan for him. And he couldn't, you know, he couldn't shake that. And, it, I mean, he looked like a, I don't know. I mean, i never seen Kyler look this flustered and this, this, he looked bad. He looked terrible for lack of better words. He I think that he, when you look at his over, overall season, I think he threw for 24 touchdowns this year. Um, I'm, I'm just freestyling here. I mean, I think he threw for three, three, maybe two or three. Th- I think he threw for 3000 yards at least, but he threw 10 picks. Like, you know, his, his season that he had this year is, com- is kind of com- com- comparable to like, Brett Favre's last season or Tony Romo's last season or just an aging quarterback. Like, clearly there's more, I guess, progression and more, apparently more improvement that he has to make in, in Kyler. And I think he understands that after he took a, he really took a um, a lick to the chin with this matchup with the Rams. I, I feel like he's going to get better. I mean, this, this is going to motivate him. You know, he's a competitor. Uh, but yeah, Kyler has some more improvement to do. Um, I mean, just that game in general was was kind of weird. I think the Rams dominated from start to finish to me. Uh, but uh, they have an, uh, a good matchup with the Bucks this weekend, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, but another thing, we can't we got to speak on Joe Burrow though, on the positive side and how he performed in the wild card. I thought he looked good. He thought he looked like he'd been there before. It didn't look like a playoff debut for him and I mean he showed out uh one of the throws he made it looked like it appeared he was going out of bounds and he threw it and it it just you know it was a touchdown pass that like he went through like two defenders like he just had he just has a poise about himself that he showed all in his career about LSU throughout LSU and his career there LSU we love him I was at the PMAC this past weekend. All you see is Joe Burrow, Cincinnati. Uh, either it's a Cincinnati jersey or it's an LSU Joe Burrow jersey that he wore on senior night. Joe Burrow is clearly a legend here in LSU and in Baton Rouge. But, you know, Joe Burrow, man, he just – that poise that he has, it can't be taught. He's very special, and I'm rooting for the kid uh, in the divisional round as he advanced. I think you covered it well. Joe is special. You know, it it hasn't just been about the tangibles that he has, but we've always talked about the intangibles. And he's shown that already in uh, this playoff run right now. I think that was their first playoff win in like 30 years or 31 seasons. Um, And I thought two hats off. You know, I'm I'm pretty biased to Jamar Chase as well. I thought that he stood out too. You know, he didn't look like it was his first playoff game either you know nine receptions 116 yards Mm -hmm. he was pretty much dominant as he was throughout the course of the season so that's a special young parent right there yeah man that 2019 LSU team like I say that's the best college team to ever to ever play I mean come on man but we're not gonna get into that we we got plenty of time to get on the LSU tip here because we LSU alumni but I do want to speak about this and then we'll we'll move on to the divisional round but I want to talk about that Pittsburgh Chiefs game, man. And I don't know what's up with it, but Matt Canada, man, he got to go. <laughs> he got to go. I mean, I know that Ben Roethlisberger's agent. I know that. I understand that. 
and I guess the mentality of the Pittsburgh Steelers that, that in Mad Canada uh, was to run the offense through Najee. I mean, he had over 300 carries, 1,200 rushing yards as a rookie, which is amazing. He's an amazing talent, but I'm like, you're running him into the ground, and clearly the play calling all season, I've been watching the Steelers all, all year, every game. The play calling is just so predictable. Um, I'm watching – you first and second down, you run Najee right up the middle. You're in a third and nine, third and long situation. It just seems like that's been a trend all season. And then you're in an obvious passing down with an aging quarterback who doesn't have the form that he used to have. I just don't understand Matt Canada's play calling. I think that if the Steelers want to grow and if they want to progress, they're going to have to get an offensive play caller. Now, I will say a disclaimer. I do not know how much control Mike Tomlin has over his offensive play calling because I do understand that some offensive coordinators doesn't do not have the range. But I just see that a Matt Canada who is supposed to be this offensive guru, he spent some time at LSU um, as office coordinator, supposed to be this offensive guy. I just don't see it. And I feel like the play calling was a lot of the reason why the Steelers were behind in that game, that they never were in that game outside of how explosive the Chiefs offense was. No, uh, I do agree with you. You know, I don't have too much to add to that. But what I will say, you know, just a little bit to take a little bit of the heat off of Matt Canada is I felt that early off, just like we were talking about disappointing players, I felt that Deontay Johnson was really disappointing early in that game. To me, he had at least three key pivotal drops on uh, drives that to me could have sustained drives and maybe had a chance for them, you know, take a 14 to seven lead earlier, so much, so forth. So, you know, I, I do feel that the play calling has been vanilla throughout the course of the year. And I, I do feel that maybe they should go in a different direction, but I also think that personnel didn't 100% help out Matt Canada this weekend either, specifically Deontay Johnson. So I'll, I'll speak on that. And I, I agree with you guys with Matt Cannon and Deontay Johnson, but let's call it what it is, man. And we said this before, we said this with Drew Brees. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is cooked, man. You know, and Matt Canada, he really had his hands tied behind his back, trying to put an office around a quarterback who's banged up, elbow issues, this issue, you know, X, Y, and Z, you name it. You know, you're trying to build an offense and be consistent with an offense where, you know, there's uh, watching that game, there was throws that Big Ben missed, you know, a lot of throws down the field that he just missed over Miss Claypool and, Things like that. So it's just, again, I would like to see them in a full offense with a real quarterback. You know, I, again, I know quarterbacks just don't grow on trees and they're hard to find, but I would like to see them with a legit quarterback. I would like to give, I know he, he, the offense took a step back and Mike Tomlin said that, but I would like to see them get a real shot with a real quarterback with those weapons. You got a young running back, you have some vertical weapons, you have a young tight end. They have all the weapons there on offense. You have a young offensive line. I would like that, just like we talk about the Broncos and them getting the quarterback, that's, that's another team I would like to see them be aggressive, like the Rams, you know, and trading future first picks and all that and getting the quarterback. I would like to see them go out and say, hey, you know what? We know we're a quarterback away. We have young pieces on defense. We have young pieces on offense. Let's go get a quarterback and let's make this run. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like they, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if he were to go there, uh, Russell Wilson, like, they would be legit. Uh, 
what concerned me too is Chase Claypool and the targets he got throughout the year. Dude, 6'5", man, like 6'5", explosive. Like, I would like to see him involved a little more. Um, But, yeah, let's move on to the divisional round. Here we go. You know, we got four NFL games. It's going to be it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. We start off Saturday here, and we'll start off with the early game there with Cincinnati and Tennessee. It's rumored that Derrick Henry will be back after suffering an injury in the NFL season. Um, but they're saying he may be back for this matchup with Cincinnati. Tennessee sitting here, as we record, at three-and-a-half-point favorites here at home against Cincinnati. Um this is a great matchup. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm going to get you out of the floor. I'll gather my thoughts, and I'll wrap it up. Dang, you're going to do us like that, huh? <laughs> hey, it's, it, it is a good matchup. And you got hey, – It's good being the host. You can just throw it like that, you know what I'm saying? Just throw it to the next person. Right? <laughs> um, I, I think it, it, a lot of this game is going to depend on what you just said, Derrick Henry, and how effective he is, right? You know, if they're able to ball control, be a ball control team and run it down the Bengals' throat and keep the ball and actually score points, then the Titans are going to handle business. You know, but I'll keep it short. I don't think – I think it's too soon for him to come back and dominate a game. Even it took Cam Akers a game, a warm-up game, to really get going. I got the upset here. How did this become a Ram segment? <laughs> I, hey, I'll just compare. We're going to talk about the Rams, though. They ended the division of the Rams. All right, all right, all right. I'll keep it short. I think the Bengals find a way to win this game. You know, I just like Joe Burrow's swag. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win it all. I just like his confidence. I think the confidence he put in his team. I think the Bengals find a way to win this game. And I got the score, 31 to 28. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm actually, yeah, I like that as well. Uh, I'm going to keep it pretty short as well, too. Uh, I like the Bengals in this matchup for some of those same reasons. I do think that it's kind of really soon and quick to really get Derrick Henry acclimated uh, like he needs to be in order for that team to really get rolling. So I'm taking the Bengals 27-23. I think a key thing to really watch out for is how Cincinnati's passing attack matches up against that poor pass defense that Tennessee has. You're looking at a top 10 passing offense versus a bottom 10 passing defense. And I think that that's what's going to be the difference. I think Jamar Chase has another big day, but I think that also T. Higgins really gets it going this weekend as well. So I'm taking the Bengals 27-23. I like it. I like it. I'm not going to go against the grain here. I'm not going to be long with for all of the reasons that you guys said. I'm not going to repeat what y'all said. But I will say this, this guy, Jamar Chase, is in for a big day. And like y'all said, I mean, with the score here, uh, I don't feel like it's going to be that close. I feel like it's going to be close in the first half, but I think that the Cincinnati Bengals will, will pull away. But one thing I do like, the swagger, the swagger and the leadership of Joe Burrow. And that's that, that, that makes a difference in a game like this. They're a gritty team. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. 35 217 uh, uh, with the upset, like Los mentioned. So we will get into the next game, the nightcap San Francisco versus Green Bay in Lambeau. It's going to be cold as you know what. We have kids listening, so I won't say as you know what, but it's going to be cold 22 degrees, I think, right now, but it might be, it may be, it may drop. We don't know. 
Um, uh, Green Bay, of course, coming off a bye week since San Francisco coming in off a big win up against the Cowboys, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, and Green Bay is walking into this thing as we record as six point favorites here. So, guys, outlook, score predictions. Yeah, I mean, looking at this game, right? You have, I think, this is the best team built to build to to upset the Packers, right? Because they have that DNA. They have they have everything they need to do to go in cold weather, to go up in the Lambo and to run the ball and to control a game, make good plays, play sound defense, keep it close and, and have an upset. So I'm actually going 49ers here. I know you guys called me crazy last week for saying 49ers over the Cowboys and thought I was just doing it. But I think they played each other early in this year and they played each other close and the Packers end up beating the 49ers by three points. But I think that this time, this time around, I think that the 49ers find a way to run the ball effectively, to keep the game close, to rattle. A lot of this depends on Joey Bosa could be healthy. I'm assuming he's going to be clear from his concussion by the time game time. I think the 49ers upset them this weekend. You, Because the reason I say that is because the Packers haven't been playing good football as of late, right? They barely, you know, they barely got past – well, they actually lost to the Lions. They kind of limped into the playoffs, you know um, – they did sit their starters at halftime and all that stuff, but they were losing to the Lions when they had their starters in that first half. I think they're a team that has been awful week, and the 49ers is a hot team, and I think that they're going to find a way to win. And I got the score of 24 to 20. 49ers. Uh, so, nice. so, gotcha. So, chiming in uh, real quick on it, I actually have a similar score to you, but I have it going the other way. Uh, I got 23 to 20 Packers. Uh, I think that this game will not be a really high-scoring game just as you mentioned, even some of the weather conditions. One thing that I do, you know, have seen, of course, is that Aaron Jones being a full participant in practice this week, which to me was a big deal, you know, with that kind of lingering knee issue that he's had. And so that's what, to me, you know, kind of gives me and tips the scales to me for Green Bay. Also, I just think that Aaron Rodgers, from a legacy standpoint, this is something that he needs, you know, four consecutive NFC championship losses, I think that he can't continue to have these playoff losses piling up. And so my prediction of going 23-20 Packers is really also centered on just my belief and confidence in Aaron Rodgers to be able to get it done in this matchup. That's a good score, man. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Um, my score is basically, and the winner is basically not so much of um, against Lowe's because I think what he said is, is legitimate. I think that defense is is really um, proved themselves as to be a very effective. Uh, Jerry Bosa's injury does concern me. I mean, you, you're looking at Nick, man. from I'm sorry, Nick. Y'all been calling him Jerry, Joey. <laughs> I, was I, letting, Jerry. I was letting it slide at first, but I was just, I know y'all might not be a biggest fan of some some of his, you know, things that he says and all that, but, but it is Nick, man. One of his bosses, but (laughs) I mean, it it does concern me from uh, the the time uh, that will be elapsed from him playing the Cowboys to Saturday will be six days to recover from a head injury. Uh, so he couldn't finish the game. So it, it does concern me on that end. It makes a big deal out of it. But outside of that, I mean, come on, it's Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G single-handedly almost handed the game back to the Cowboys after they dominated 
from start to finish with a terrible pick. He makes terrible throws. It was one point where Brandon Ayuk was open by a mile and he missed him by like four or five yards. So, I mean, it, it, it's terrible. I don't, I don't believe in, in Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I hear Lowe's and what he's the San Francisco 49ers are a legitimate team, but I just can't believe I can't stand behind Jimmy Garoppolo in a divisional round in Lambeau where the elements will be there in the cold. So I'm going to go with my pick, 30 to 15 Green Bay. I feel like Aaron Rodgers will dominate and find a way to get through to it. I know you guys looked at me last time, but I hit the nail on the head on that. Uh, what was that gang? I hit the nail on the head. Score was perfect. I think it's the Raiders and the Bengals. Yeah, the Raiders and the Bengals. I hit the, I hit the nail on the head. 30 to 15 here. I'm going with 49ers, and then we'll move into the next round. All right, let's just shift to Sunday, which is even more exciting. Uh, this day is special for me uh, in more ways than just sports. But, you know, it's a very special divisional round uh, matchup. We got the Rams and Tampa Bay starting things off on Sunday afternoon. Do y'all guys want to flip it to me? Do I have to start this off or are we going to keep our same rotation? I think you should start at this time. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I shouldn't even get it out. <laughs> no, but the Rams and the Bucks, I, I've been pondering this since the matchup been set and uh, since Monday night when I knew this matchup was happening. And, you know, I'm, I'm torn, man. I, I really am. Uh, it's a battle between two great quarterbacks. Uh, Stafford has had an up and down season. But keep in mind, this is his first year with the Rams, so he's learning the system and everything. Um, this is the best team he's ever probably been a part of. Um, he picked up his first playoff win. You got Odell here, who's, of course, as an LSU alumni, I'm a fan of and want to see him progress as well. Um, I, I don't know which way to go here. Uh, the Rams are going into Tampa Bay as three-point underdogs, meaning that uh, Tampa Bay are three-point favorites. And I mean, I, I don't know which one to go here. I hate that y'all made me go first. This is probably – my most anticipated matchup of the weekend here. Um, uh, I'm, I, I got to go with the home team here. Uh, and uh, just Tom Brady's, Brady's pedigree. Uh, he got six rings. Uh, I, I just can't go against the GOAT. Um, so I'm not going to go against the GOAT here. Uh, oh, he got seven. I'm sorry. Seven. Thanks for correcting me there. I don't want to disrespect the GOAT. He got seven. I got to think that he's going to find a way to squeak this one out. I do think it will be close. I do think that the Rams will cover. So I'm going to go uh, 28 to 26 uh, Tampa Bay here. Uh, and I think that it's going to be close. It's going to be gritty. Uh, I, I do expect Tom Brady to have another good game. Um, Aaron Donald is going to have to – he's going to have to pressure That's the only way y'all going to win. He's going to have to give some pressure. Jalen Rams going to have to have the best game – of his life against Gronk and uh, Mike Evans, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go that route. 28-26, uh, Tampa you, Bay. You know, I'm gonna let you go, Ramon. I just want to say this. You know, I gave you so much crap last week about saying like 26 to 19. I was like, how do you even get 19 points? <laughs> and then of course, <laughs> but again, you go with 26. I'm like, how do you even get 26 points? Whatever. My bad. <laughs> Hey, don't guess. Hey, don't, don't second guess me. I got I nailed the I nailed it on the I nailed I hit the nail on the head with that Cincinnati Bengals score. Yeah, I guess with that too, it kind of influenced my score a little bit. Uh, I think I'm rolling with that 26 as well. 
so I actually, I'm going to start off with my score and then kind of reasoning why. I actually have, this was, this was also probably the toughest between these last two matchups to me were the toughest two matchups for me to pick. Um, I actually have Tampa edging them out, uh, edging the Rams out 26 to 23. I think the ball gets in Tom Brady's hands late and he does what Tom Brady typically does. But um, this is a matchup of two teams that just absolutely dominated their, you know, wildcard weekend matchups. Like both teams were clearly better uh, than the other team, uh, really obliterated them. This is a, a rematch of something that we saw early off in the year where the Rams did actually take that one. And I think it was a 34-24 game uh, where Matthew Stafford played really well. And I think that that's kind of the kicker for me in this matchup is, as you were alluding to, Rob, which version of Matthew Stafford do we get in this matchup? I think that it's really going to honestly come down to that. If we can get that version of Matthew Stafford that we saw earlier off in the season in this matchup, then I can see the Rams taking it. But I think that we may be in store for a maybe one or two pick game from Matthew Stafford. Um, I do like the way that the Rams running game is coming along. Cam Akers is looking really good. Uh, also with Sony Michelle, that tandem looks really good right now. That defense is playing at a high level. So it's no shot really to either team. It's just Tom Brady, I think, over the course of his career, being 14 and two in divisional rounds, winning his last, I think, six or seven uh, divisional round matchups. I, I'm just going to have to side that way and go with the gold on this one and 26 to 23 bucks. Yeah, I like both of you guys' prediction. But, uh, you might as well start off with your score because we know you got the Rams winning. We, we obviously I got the Rams winning, <laughs> right? But I'll, I'll say this: I'll say this. I think right now the Buccaneers are the most vulnerable they'll ever be, and they have been this season. You know, when the Rams beat them earlier in this year, they played them. Antonio Brown missed that game, but they played them at least with a healthy Godwin and a healthy Mike Evans, which Godwin and Mike Evans, I believe, scored in that game. Now they're going into this game without Antonio Brown, without Godwin, with both, with two, with their center banged up, with their um, right tackle banged up. Going into this game where I feel like the Rams, is start, the Rams are starting to hit their stride. They, like you guys mentioned with the Cam Makers and him running game, I really feel as if this game, the Rams are gonna win by 14, at least 14 points. And I'm not saying that because that's my team. Wow. I just feel, I, I, and, I, and I know a lot of your guys' reason was because of Tom Brady, but I think Tom Brady is only going to be able to do so much in this game to carry his team. You know what I mean? I think with their young weapons they have on the outside and with Lenny Fournette, he's possibly playing this game. He's also banged up in this game. Ronald Jones missing. They're going to be – the only the DNA to beat the Rams, and I've seen it all year, every team that we lost to was they had to run the ball well. No team aired it out and beat the Rams. They ran the ball well, controlled the clock. So, with that being said, do I think that with two of their linemen being hurt, with Leonard Fournette coming into this game being banged up, is going to run the ball well against us? I don't think so. Who knows? You know, who knows? But like I said, I just think Tom Brady's going to make it interesting, but I think that the Rams end up at least winning by 14 points. And with that being said, I got the final score as 38 to 24 Rams. 
We'll see both statements from a Rams fan, but all that stuff made sense. That was good, uh, good points that you made. I'm looking forward to that matchup. That's the one I'll be keeping an eye out on on Sunday. That's the one I'm looking forward to. But we got the nightcap, of course, Buffalo and the Chiefs. That's another great matchup with the nightcap on Sunday night. Um, I'm thinking that the Bucks and the the Buffalo the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs. I, I feel like some. One thing I know for sure, regardless of who win, a lot of tables will be destroyed. That's one thing that I can know for sure is going to happen and take place on Sunday Somebody night. Somebody explain that to me. I see I that know. all the time. I, I couldn't never explain. looked it up. Like, it's crazy <laughs> with them jumping off cars and trucks and tables into fire. And I don't know. Right. I'm like, I'm like, these are great tables that could have been used for, like, great <laughs> tailgating yeah. or something. But, um, but – you know, again, you you have Josh Allen, who I, I really praised uh, earlier in this segment, uh, in this show. And um, I really feel like Josh Allen is really, really on the uh, – on the he's he's ascending right now. And, and you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think that any football fan would say that he has been descending this season. I feel like he has taken a step back, uh, even though he did look pretty sharp in the opening round in the wild card round. Uh, but I think, I think that with, you know, when I think back on last year and how the, uh, the, the Bucks and the chiefs were in the conference uh, championship, uh, I know I use NFL, I mean, NBA terms there, uh, but, and I look at Stefan Diggs standing out there watching the chiefs celebrate. It just sits in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I cannot bet against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So with that being said, I know I backtrack. I think that it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. And I think that I'm gonna go with the score of uh 22 to I, I'm gonna go 22 to 19 uh Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like they will find a way to get it done. Um, I feel like you know. I feel like I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes just like I can't bet against Tom Brady. And I, I feel like they'll find a way to get it done. Um, the Chiefs secondary is suspect. Um, I think that Stefan Diggs will probably have a big day, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes will overcome it. And that's my score. Um, what I said, 22 to 22 to 19. 22 to 19. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and chime in on this matchup. I, I'm really looking forward to this matchup as, you know, maybe potentially the most exciting one of the weekend. And um, when I look at it and look at these two teams, I feel that they are somewhat kind of mirror images of each other. You know, these are two teams that, you know, I, I, you've seen over the course of the year that they've been past heavy teams, you know, still solid run games. I think that this year to me has been Buffalo's best year that I've seen in a while out of their run game. You know, it's been pretty stable back there with Singletary this year, uh, especially what I think is playoff performances, him rushing, you know, for 81 yards, two touchdowns this past weekend. And so uh, when I look at it as well, too, it, it's two quarterbacks has really been spreading the ball around. You know, typically when we thought about the Chiefs, we think about, you know, so much of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But I look at this past weekend with Mahomes, I think, spreading it around to eight to ten different receivers. You look at guys like, you know, Robinson, Pringle, Hardman, and McKinnon combining for 19 receptions for 237 yards, you know, really flushing out that pass game. 
And I'm saying all that to say and building up the Chiefs so much to say that I'm actually taking Buffalo in this game. I think that it is their time. I think that it is their year. Um, I have them winning 34 to 31. I think that that Josh Allen, as we've already talked about, I think that Josh Allen has arrived. I think that that image, as you already mentioned, Rob, still sits in their head that they saw Kansas City celebrate like that last year. And this is a team that I know that this was a while ago and this was a different Kansas City, but they went in there earlier this year and beat them 38 to 20, you know, and they went to make a statement early in this season based off of what they experienced in the playoffs. I think that that hasn't left their minds. And I think that ultimately the team who advances from this will likely end up advancing to the Super Bowl. So my pick is 34-31. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. I'm also going Bills. And I think for every reason that we, you know, Rob saying he can't bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm more so now, like, the question got to be asked, like, is Josh Allen better, better than Patrick Mahomes? Now I know Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl, right? That's the difference right now. But as far as you're looking at consistency this year, I would say I would give the nod to Josh Allen this year. And so um, I can't bet against Josh Allen, man. The dude is special, man. He is really special. He just pretty, plays freely. And I know Mahomes does the same thing. I know that sounds crazy, right? But I just think Josh Allen right now, they have the motivation and just watching that team dominate last week and looking at the Chiefs being consistent all year and the Bills are already, you know, showing that they can and they're capable of beating them. I think the Bills find a way to do that and I think a lot of points are going to be scored here. So I got the score right now at 42 to 37. Bills. Okay. We'll see how that one pan out. Very high scoring for you, Los. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And as always, we will be there to recap. Um, I think that it was a good wild card weekend. We're expecting a great divisional round matchup as well uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the podcast of course make sure that you follow us o underscore benchwomers on twitter and instagram make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast of course if you listen to it please subscribe leave a review please if you can help us out with that as well we can be found on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher just to name a few uh but just you know just follow us mess with us uh we'll continue to uh, maneuver through this playoff NFL playoff season NBA is heating up as well we'll get into that next episode but until next time uh, just holler at us if you're in New Orleans and Baton Rouge we're actually on the radio as well for a segment on 99.1 covering the Baton Rouge and New Orleans area sports uh, scene so make sure that you check us out on the radio as well so PNA Benchwarmers is growing uh, fandom is growing listeners are growing we appreciate every all the support 